Welcome back, everyone, to NYU Grads Daily Podcast on Stocks and Finance. Today is Friday, January 12th, after market close. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, Glad you are uh, with me today. Let's cover, because there's a lot to cover today, Uh, just closing out the week, going into a three-day weekend. Uh, And there was just uh, a crazy week all in all with... um, Everything going on with Bitcoin, uh, the CPI, the PPI, uh, but I don't want to go off on a tangent. Let's go to daily breath numbers. Today, we had a very bullish skew of 588 new highs and only 140 new lows. So that's like 4x. Uh, to the upside, which is healthy. And when you take a look at advanced decliners, you had uh, 52% of shares advancing versus 43% declining. Still yet a bullish skew. We had, uh, very similar to yesterday and the day before, um, 26% of shares below its 50-day moving average and 34% of shares below its 200-day moving average. Um, So headline numbers, the Dow was down 118 points or 0.3%. The NASDAQ was up 2.57, two and a half points, uh, which was basically a nothing burger. It closed just at where we previously closed on Thursday. Um, But... Uh, the S&P also was up marginally three points. Uh, it tried to make a new lifetime high, but got rejected in the morning uh, right at 10 o'clock. Um, it closed up three and a half uh, points, up 0.08%. Uh, but the Russell didn't do as well. And really, the the big story since the CPI and PPI numbers came out yesterday and today it really has been this whole uh, Bitcoin ETF uh, trading that has started uh, this week. Um, leading up to it, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was just all news about it. And then Thursday was opening of trading and it was kind of lackluster. It closed near the bottom. Uh, Bitcoin sold off from almost 50000 on Thursday. And then today, it continued to sell off across the board, whether you're talking about Bitcoin, whether you're talking about uh, Coinbase, whether you're talking about um, uh, MSTR, which is uh, Michael Saylor's company, MicroStrategy, or Marathon Digital. It was just across the board sell mode for all of anything to deal with Bitcoin. Um and I warned you guys, I, I, I warned you that stocks are sold. And just as a refresher for new folks, what that means is when I say stocks are sold, it's the premise that when you buy Apple, when you buy Bitcoin, when you buy Tesla or NVIDIA, yeah, in your head, it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, oh, man, it's, I'm having a... Uh, a lapse of memory here uh, where it's talking about the, the dream world um, and in, oh, Inception 
obviously. So um, you may think you're all smart buying Tesla or NVIDIA, but somewhere along the line, either one thing or multiple series of things, whether it's CNBC, Newsflow, your cousin, your wife, your husband, your coworkers, you know, planting seeds, you got to own NVIDIA, you got to own this, you got to own that, you got to have Bitcoin, you got to have Ethereum. Just over time, these ideas are planted in your head like that movie Inception and eventually you do not know who actually came up with the idea to buy that thing. So that's what I mean by stocks are sold. Everything on Wall Street is geared towards slowly or rapidly uh, taking your wealth, your hard-earned money away from you. Um, and uh, this is just how it's set up, very much like a casino. Um, and the whole point of this game is to play the infinite game. To stay in this for the entirety of your lifetime and win. So you can pass uh, something hopefully down to the next generation. Or when you have enough, you just spend it all, uh, the last uh, penny, uh, into the day that you die. Um, and it's the way it's set up. Okay, There is a sell side and a buy side uh, on Wall Street. The uh, buy side are the part of the institutions that create all the products to sell to you and I, the retail investor, as well as create all of the financial products to sell to governments, uh, to businesses, uh, to pension funds, um, etc. So they're the ones creating the financial products. And then the sell side, usually in the same walls, right their job is to go sell all of these products uh, to uh, institutions to uh, retail investors and in that network uh, they have a uh, army of analysts pundits um, ceos to trot onto news outlets cnbc bloomberg all the online media ch channels social media to start to sell what the buy side has created. And that is how a lot of these hedge funds, financial companies on Wall Street make their money. So that's why when you see an army of news, whether it's print, digital, uh, video, just leading up to the sale of something, the availability of something, Someone's trying to sell it. Um, and then you have all of these, uh, you know, Michael Saylor, Tom Lee, um, Kathy Wood on television just throwing out pie in the sky. I'm sure they have a math equation that gets them there. But they're saying that, you know, uh, Kathy Woods was saying the base case is 600000 per Bitcoin and uh, best case $1.5 million per Bitcoin within a decade and within next year we might see 150,000 per bitcoin so it's like a tripling of uh of where we are now uh, and sure it might happen but when you start seeing this on repeat 
everywhere, you must know that they're uh, doing this to fleece us, okay? They're not doing us any favors. And then, you know, everyone, I don't even trade Bitcoin or crypto, but I remember, you know, all of the press leading up before the Bitcoin ETFs, uh, why everyone should invest in Bitcoin. It was the anti-fiat money, anti-Federal uh, Reserve, anti-government uh, to keep everyone that's, you know, controlling the system away from your wealth. Well, now it's centralized. Wall Street is now, has the ability through these ETFs, through BlackRock, Invesco, Fidelity, uh, to really drive the narrative. And it's only a matter of time. If eventually once when all of this uh, smoke settles and you get any type of positive action on the price of Bitcoin, uh, you're going to start to see um, 1x, 2x, 3x uh, inverse or bullish uh, ETFs. Now you're going to have options on all of these um, issues. You're going to have zero-day uh, expiration options going out. And... I think there's going to be a lot of horror stories. Uh, so just be careful. Uh, I'm sorry for going on that rant, but it really pisses me off when I see Wall Street doing this and just a lot of it. Uh, I wouldn't say innocent, right? Because the knowledge is out there for, for you all to educate yourselves. But, you know, marketing works, okay? Whether they're selling stocks or whether they're selling sugar products or fast food, marketing works. And we're just being marketed to nonstop about this. Um, so it just pisses me off when I see it. Um, so, you know, one thing I noticed um, moving off of this subject, I might come back to it later regarding Bitcoin. Um, the things that really uh, summarized the day for me was Tesla. Tesla right now looks like it's uh, it's at the edge of a cliff. Uh, you know, we are Tesla is below its 200-day moving average markedly, and it can't even bounce to test it. Um, it just looks like it's going to jump off the cliff, and I just get vibes of BlackBerry. Um, I remember when everyone in the world had to have a BlackBerry. Everyone, every CEO, down to every trader, every tech executive just had to have a BlackBerry. Same thing with a Tesla, right? It's the must-have car if you're in Silicon Valley uh, or you live in California. And that kind of got pushed out, uh, you know, to pockets of the country like Florida and, and Dallas or to areas of Texas. Um, but now it's becoming kind of commoditized. They're not the only EV maker, still the one of the largest producing man manufacturers of EVs. But BYD is taking over in China for unit sales there. And uh, I think between Audi, GM, uh, Ford, Toyota, they're releasing like 5x the number of EV models uh, in the next two years. So 
uh, not only is margin compression going to be a big problem for Tesla, we're seeing that today Elon Musk and Tesla are dropping their own MSRPs for many of their models, but now we're seeing the used car market like Hertz, they announced that they're selling 20,000, which is all of their EVs, and out of the 20,000, I think 80% of those are Model 3 or Tesla variants. So while 20, um, you know, like 18,000 um, cars that are Tesla uh, priced at 17K, which is below uh, California rates, like my, my brother-in-law is out in California, they're selling their, those at like 30,000 out in California, but you can buy them for 17k from Hertz, so that's hurting the resale market and just the residual value of Teslas. Uh, so that's going on price and margin pressure. Uh, but then they're going to have market share pressure uh, globally. So I think uh, there are a lot of tail uh, headwinds or obstacles for Tesla. And I know you know the the bullish stance is hey Tesla's not a car company. It's a platform. They don't have to ever make a car ever again. I, I've heard all of this, and they can just outsource the platform of you know autonomous driving uh, to other companies. Show me, show me the numbers that they have actually have the ability to do that. Uh, I just see regulations and lawsuits against autonomous driving, uh, and. I love cars. I love to drive for fun, not for doing uh, routine um, routine things like going to get uh, groceries, but like whenever I like to go on road trips and stuff. Autonomous driving will never work, ever, ever, unless there are regulations that say every car has to be on a standard of autonomous driving because otherwise you're going to have a mixture of human drivers with autonomous drivers and different classes of cars whether it's a semi truck a commercial van or you know a a, a Kia um, two-seater uh, commuter car and it's just too much chaos for not only autonomous software I don't care how good the AI is uh, or how good the cameras are uh, it's also not only just logistically on the roads, but also who do you sue? Because car accidents will happen. Do you sue the car manufacturer? Do you sue the city and the roads? Do you sue the car owner? Uh, like Who is liable for these collisions? That's what I want to know. Um, so yeah, autonomous driving nationwide is not going to happen until you see top-down uh, legislation that prohibits uh, humans from driving because then uh, it weeds out the faults right and then if a Tesla autonomous car crashes into a Mercedes autonomous car and both cars don't have steering wheels then the humans are out of the equation, right? So it's either going to be manufacturer against manufacturer or um, it'll be like, oh, the, the roads were not uh, paved correctly or you know there was an issue with the highway. Uh, 
you know, the lanes weren't kept, so the camera didn't know where the lanes were. Like, there's a whole downstream effect of autonomous driving. So every one of you that are driving autonomous in California, you all need to check into a mental institution. Uh, it's just software. Uh, and you're allowing it to potentially drive you into a wall. Um, it's just, again, so that's another headwind, I think, for Tesla. Show me that they can outsource either the autonomous dri uh, driving or their battery tech that's like supposed to be Star Trek light years ahead of everyone else uh, when all I read about is all these solid-state batteries coming out from Japan um, like from companies like Toyota, where you can go 900 miles in one charge and you can charge like in 10 minutes. Uh, so the whole thing, like, I think um, I'm very bearish on this because I, I think it's silly for someone to pay 100 grand, 50 grand, 40 grand to a company to become the beta tester for that company. Uh, and then the asset that you have acquired the car depreciates uh, even faster than the ICE car because you have all of these market pressures and the manufacturer cutting price uh, on you after you've purchased it. So I, I don't get it. Um, so uh, moving on, I, I can go on this for a while, but um, that's another thing that stood out to me. Tesla looks really bad. Uh, the 10 year is not selling off. They're really trying, but it's sticky here at 3.9 to 4%. Whatever happens to the 10-year yield is going to basically decide the fate of the market. Uh, I think we're either going to go to 4.5 plus or we're going to go 3.5 and below. Uh, there's no sideways action uh, on this. It's going to be either or light switch on, light switch off. Um, real estate shares, despite the 10-year being red, it was red marginally, the real estate shares were all red today. Uh, it might just be pulling back. I don't know. Um, and then oil, energy was the leading sector today. Oil and natural gas are up on most uh, definitely the Middle East and the war and the Ukraine and Russia war and weather. Um, I rarely ever post about weather. But I did uh, this week on Substack Notes. Uh, there is a very big Arctic um, front that's coming into the like a majority of the country on Sunday, and it's going to last like a few days, like almost a whole week. And average temps are going to the temperature is going to drop below average temps by 30 to 50 degrees. Uh, depending where you are. So I think it's going to uh, put a lot of strain on our electricity grid throughout the country, and we'll see what happens. Um, so if you're in kind of like that sweet spot where it's going to be really cold, uh, I hope you have generators and backups just in case the electricity, if your heat is electricity run, that might struggle um, next week. Um what else did I notice today or this week that I can call out? There's a lot, and I don't want to go too long here. Um, yeah, also this morning, uh, I also saw uh, that there was a volatility trader that dropped 
$17 million on a bet that the volatility index or the VIX uh, will trade above $17 by February 14th, Valentine's Day. Um, now, I also have positions in volatility. Uh, if, as you know, if you've been following this Substack and the podcast, I've been praying for single-digit fix so I can just load up the boat. Uh, I've been building and building my position, um, keeping us a little bit of powder dry for single-digit fix, but I don't know if we're going to ever get there. Uh, so I also, uh, this week, have been building a position, uh, bullish fix, and then I saw that news come across the tape, and I had a mixed feelings, you know. Initially, the, the obvious one would be, hey, it's like a bias confirmation, like, oh, I must be right. Someone out there that has uh, $17 million to make a bet on volatility is agreeing with me. I must be smart. But that's usually not the case, and that's usually uh, more than it seems is happening because the reason I have very mixed feelings about this is what if this is just a hedge fund that has a $500 million long position uh, on the Magnificent Seven and they just wanted to hedge their bet and bought insurance of $17 million? Like, whoop-de-doo. You know, so people at BlackRock could do this uh, on their Bloomberg, on their terminal um, and their trading terminal, like, you know, and not blink, right? It's options trading. Um, it was a big order, but you know you never want to take a headline or a big trade like that as the headline news, like oh someone is bear- bearish on the market and bullish on VIX. Uh, it literally could be a tiny hedge on a giant um, bullish uh, portfolio. So we'll see what happens here. Um, so that was also notable today. Um, what else can I I'm going to kind of just rattle off what was strong so uranium uh, was up 8.28% no doubt with the war Um, a lot of gold and silver uh, issues or stocks were up today PAAS Pan American Silver uh, they're up 5% today Kinross Gold up 4.62% today uh, UVIX, which is a double long VIX, is up 4.13% today. TSLQ, which is a Tesla short ETF, up 3.76% today. Uh, GDXJ, up 3.4%. Barrick Gold, ticker Gold, very convenient, up 2.86%. Zoom, the video conference company, is up 2.86%. GDX, up 2.84%. And the VIX itself was up 2.17%. Um, I know I mentioned Tesla earlier. I will share a screenshot of some of their for sale Model 3s down in Florida for 17k. Uh, I saw this by car dealership guy on X. After the uh, EV credits, uh, you're looking at like 14k uh, for a Model 3. It's used, but I'm sure Hertz does a decent job of maintaining their vehicles because they see that as a potential future asset to sell like they're doing right now. Um, so if you're in the 
you know, in the market for a Tesla Model 3, you should look at Hertz and buy used. I, I would never buy an EV new, never, ever. But if you can get a, a good condition Model 3 maintained well from Hertz for 14K out the door after the EV credit, that's a good deal. Uh, you're not going to lose too much on that money, on that investment in that asset. It will depreciate, but, you know, it won't go from like 30 to 10. It'll go from like 14 to 10, right? Because eventually a car will stop depreciating uh, when it gets to the scrap metal price of a car. Um, so I would do that um, if I were you and looking for an EV right now. Uh, my brother-in-law tells me that these cars are going for 30000 out in California uh, near Silicon Valley. Uh, so I'll also share a screenshot of Tesla's stock. It looks like there's a analog from um 2020 to 2021 i mean 2022 and if this trend line breaks uh i i think we could be going down to 150 from here um we closed at 217 i think uh i think if we go to 150 and if 150 doesn't hold i think we could go down to 104 or 100 dollars so this is a big moment for tesla it has to defend this trend line it has to find its way above the 200-day moving average, above the 50-day moving average, or it's in a lot of trouble. Um, I'm going to rattle off some losers. This is a much longer list, and then we'll wrap it up for the weekend. All right. A lot of these, by the way, let me first do not all 11, but some of the Bitcoin-related ETFs. So... FBTC, which is Fidelity's Bitcoin ETF, down 6.19%. Invesco's uh, Bitcoin ETF, BTCO, down 5.74%. iShares Bitcoin uh, ETF, uh, iBit, down 6.23%. ARK Innovations uh, B, uh, B, uh, Bitcoin ETF, down 6.23%. iBit. Uh, I'm sorry, that was iShares. Uh, Arc B is uh, Arc Innovation. That was down 6.2%. Valkyrie Bitcoin, which is uh, ticker BRRR, like brr, uh, for the Fed, down 6.17. Then you had Marathon Digital down 15.27%. I think it went from $29 to 18 and change in 38 hours. Uh, and then you have MicroStrategy MSTR down 9.45%. Um, so outside of just the B the Bitcoin-related shares that were down, you had Delta Airlines down 8.97%. Wayfair down 7.7%. Uh, oh, Coinbase down 7.35%. Carvana down 7.08%. Uh, then you had, I'm just like trying to skip Bitcoin-related AI uh, down 4.2%. Rivian down 3.89%. Um, you had uh, Etsy down 37 Tesla, I already talked about. Rob Roblox or Roblox down 3.58%. CarMax down 319 Lyft down 316 KB Homes down 2.8%. Under Armour down 28 Vinfast Autos down 25 MGM down 24 Affirm Holdings down 23 
um, DRV, which is a bearish um, housing uh, ETF, down 2.3. Toll Brothers down 2.2. Lennar down 2.2. So that's just kind of a smattering of what is on my screen uh, that you know I'm either watching or I use as just like a, as a barometer for different industries. Um, so yeah, if if you recall the top of the hour when I started the show. I talked about the headline numbers, right? I talked about breath being bullish. I talked about the indices not being too bad. Dow was only down 0.3%. The Nasdaq was up 2 points. The S&P was up 3 points. But underneath the hood, there's a lot of deterioration going on. Um, And uh, just as a quick reminder, if you haven't pledged, uh, one of the benefits is I do send out uh, real-time Um, premium content uh, that I'm already doing with pledgers which I will be continue to do with premium subscribers and I sent out a premium post to pledgers on Thursday afternoon before the podcast alerting them of a uh, potential bearish setup and what to watch for Uh, so if you would like to get that content it's very simple you just have to subscribe and pledge so subscribing is free. You just go to nyugrad.substack.com, uh, hit the subscribe button, enter your email. And then once you do, all of the subscribe buttons will turn green to pledge, a, a pledge button. And what that will do is bring you to a uh, page where it has options where you can either pledge uh, monthly or an annual basis or be a uh, honorary um, member as well. Um, and uh, Substack will take the credit card information through Stripe. It's secure, but nothing will be charged to your credit card. I haven't launched a premium service yet. Uh, I will be launching that once the Substack can get past 3,000 total subscribers. We're over 2,000 now. So at this pace, I'm guessing before the end of Q1, uh, I will launch the premium service, but I've already started sharing some content with pledgers as a preview um so that's just a quick friendly reminder um definitely not necessary you can totally just stay as a free subscriber i post a ton of content that way as well and the podcast will always be free as far as this format goes there'll be other uh premium only uh portions of the podcast as well and other content like uh, webcasts Uh, and guest uh, speakers. So with that said, I know I went over the usual 15 minutes that I target, but uh, I thought it was important to cover all of these bases with you today on Friday going to three-day weekend. Uh, And I will see you all after the Tuesday session. Uh, Have a blessed uh, and safe and fun weekend. All right, bye.